Hey, y'all. Welcome to Shades of Brown, the podcast that discusses the ever-evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a Black millennial. I'm your host, Allie B, and we have our first guest of the season with us today, y'all. It's Courtney Clardy. She's of Nashville, Tennessee. She is a mental health therapist, an author, a speaker, and a writer. And she's my friend, y'all. She is my dear sis, and I love her so much. And I think that this conversation is going to be so helpful to so many, including me, myself, and I. Hello. Um, so, <laughs> hey, Courtney, how you doing, girl? Good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Thank you so much for being here. This conversation was inspired by a Facebook post that you shared and I shared it and we shared it for different reasons. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to read the post and then we're getting to the conversation. Okay. Several weeks ago, Chandler Moore, gospel recording artist, you all may know him from Maverick City Music. He made a post and it says this. This year, I'm going to talk a lot about the trauma that comes with saying yes to God. A lot of our fears come from disappointment and failures. But what if your fear of what's next comes from what happened as a result of you saying yes to what he wanted? We talk about Abraham and God asking him to sacrifice his only son, but we don't think about the fear Abraham may have lived in after that moment, not knowing what God may ask for next. Truth is, I believe this year will be a year full of God's restoration and unprecedented goodness, but I'm having to resolve in my heart that I'm afraid of what this yes will bring. Hashtag the trauma of yes. I shared this. <laughs> right? Let it, let it marinate. It, it's, it's a lot. And I shared this in full agreement. Like, yes, Lord, amen. I feel all of this. Like, I feel this to my core, in my soul. Courtney, you didn't quite agree. And mm-hmm. we had like something. We, <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you one thing Courtney gonna do. She gonna tell you how she feel, okay? <laughs> you ain't got to wonder. <laughs> we had an exchange in the comments that I believe was very helpful. And I was like, you know what? We need to have this conversation on the podcast. This is this is some good stuff. I want you to briefly tell us why you were not quite in agreement with what was shared on this post. Yeah. So I think, well, so I'm a therapist, but before I, I've been practicing therapy for three years now, three or four years, um, but I'm a social worker. And so I've been doing social work for 10 years this year. Okay. Wow. Happy social work anniversary to me. Yes. Um, it's really, I'm supposed to start after I graduate, but I started, I count my entering years because yes, you was working. I had me working. Okay. <laughs> um, but so when I see trauma, I think about things that are damaging to us, things that um, hurt us, things that cause us pain and makes things hard for us to navigate and figure out. And while I do believe that when we say yes to God, things do get challenging, I think we just have to be mindful of our words that we use. And I think that the church has, um, I, I don't know the word that I'm looking for right now, but I think, let me say resistance. They have some resistance with like wanting to be aware of the words that they use. Like I want to use the word trauma 
and that's gonna work for me and I, I'm not feeling that and I think that's the the that's the mental health piece of me that's the social work in me that's that's the God in me too saying yeah. like no if we're supposed to be bringing people to Christ you have just scared you scared me talking <laughs> about so you mean following Jesus gonna be traumatic I had enough trauma you know <laughs> so that's how I process that yeah I I feel that. I feel that so strong. I get it. And I'm guilty of of saying things like that. I am guilty of not only saying, but posting, like following Jesus is traumatic. Like I've said those kinds of things. And in those moments, fully believing and agreeing with that, you know, but I understand where you're coming from. And I want us to like deep dive into it because since you are helping me, and I really do agree with you when you say like language, language matters. So I think what he was saying in the post and what I was agreeing with was the suffering part of it, you know, because there is a part of our Christian journey that requires Mm -hmm. suffering. And that is something that's very difficult to grasp when you, you know, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and, you know, your eternity is secure. And it's like, oh, this is amazing. You know, I have a comforter who walks with me and who talks with me. He's my lawyer and my doctor. And, you know, like um, it's beautiful. The walk with Christ is beautiful, but there's Mm -hmm. also a piece that is just straight up hard. Mm -hmm. And I've been contemplating and struggling within and battling in my mind about what suffering for Christ really means what it really Mm -hmm. looks like because it sometimes feels like a contradiction like wait God is loving and he's my father and he would never do anything to harm me so why do I have to suffer and what is suffering when it comes to this so do you believe that God causes us to suffer no Mm. (laughs) (laughs) not my God not the one that I serve Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. so this is what I think that's a very, very good question. I think that life itself brings suffering. Life itself comes with ups and downs and things that we don't have control over. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that when we say yes to God and we give our life over to Christ, we have the suffering doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. The, and mm-hmm. I think people have a misconception that when I say yes to God, that it gets better and all of my worries and cares go away. No, it doesn't get better. But now you have a teammate. Now you have a partner mm-hmm. that's going to help you navigate all of these things. So I don't think it's necessarily, I think that's how we have started to define it as suffering for Christ. But I think that we are, we're dealing with life being life and mm-hmm. God tells us, okay, but you can get through your suffering. So for me, it's just like reframing how I perceive that Mm -hmm. and and receive it too. Because like, if you say that I have to suffer to be God's child, that I don't want to be God's child. But if you say that Courtney in life, there's going to be suffering, but you are God's child and he got your back. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's more, that's that I'm more likely to run towards God. Somebody that's going to help me navigate this. Somebody that's going to help me work all these issues out. And then the other piece of it is when you say yes to God, that means your flesh has to die. Right. And so that's a part of your suffering. That's the, the, that's the suffering that we're feeling because, Oh, what happened? We had a technical difficulty before I got on. I was like, I'm about to cuss. I'm about to cuss. And I don't mind cussing, but like, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to. Right. And that's like, that's what it is when you say yes to God, when someone tries your spirit or when the things that you would normally do, you don't do anymore. So it gets a little harder. Yes. Because where I would probably whop somebody upside the head, I'm not doing that no more because. Yeah. So it makes things harder, 
But like, does God cause us to suffer? I don't believe that. I love that. I love that because there's so much power in reframing. Mm-hmm. it's so powerful with you saying like, we're going to suffer period because of life, but mm-hmm. because we have God, we are able to navigate. That's just really, really powerful. But what you're saying about the, us having to kill our flesh, that's the part. That's the thing that is specific to the yes to God, because mm-hmm. if I'm just living for me, then of course life's going to have its challenges. And when they come, I can deal with them how I want to do with them. Like you said, someone try me, I can say what I want to say, you know, mm-hmm. or or even down to like, I can go where I want to go. I can do what I want to do. But when I'm living for God, there's a different standard. So mm-hmm. there is a tug of war and there is a battle with my flesh wanting to arise. Mm-hmm. And then me having to make a conscious decision to submit that. And that war can can bring about some cha- it can bring about some challenges that are extremely painful. For example, mm-hmm. me, like I've talked about this in the past couple of episodes. My yes to God required me to let me rephrase that. Me saying yes to God meant that when I heard him ask me to quit my job and move back home, I had a decision to make didn't Mm -hmm. want to make that decision because it was uncomfortable to me and my flesh, right? Mm -hmm. So there was like a battle and navigating those two things in obedience versus what I want to do. It was some things that were happening internally that was like, yo, this is painful because I want to serve you, God. I want to obey, but also I don't want to do what you're asking me to do. I don't like this. I don't like the assignment and it's hard. And I think that's what can create what feels like Mm -hmm. trauma. Mm-hmm. But it's not God putting it on us. It's us in dealing with what we want versus what God wants. So my question is, can suffering be traumatic? Because um, uh, <laughs> I got so many responses coming in at my head at one time. <laughs> so like, can we just define what suffering means before I answer that? I think that's really, really good. because. Again, words matter, language matters. And like you said, certain things are just life's challenges. To make it really simple, let's just say suffering is any difficulty we're experiencing. Okay, Courtney, I'm going to ask you this. Can you provide your definition of suffering? Okay, so because when I think about suffering, I think that suffering is like, I mean, I think about hardships, challenges that seem unbearable at times. I think about like, heaviness and being weighed down. And thank you for asking me to answer it because I think that helps me answer the question that you originally asked asked me because in that way of thinking about suffering, our experiences can be traumatic. Because when I think about trauma, I think about things that cause us so much pain or discourse that it affects all that we do. Yeah. Like it impacts our behaviors, it impacts our thoughts, it impacts how we engage with people or lack thereof. My clients, when I define trauma for them, I say it can be anything that's impactful to the person. Mm. Somebody take your favorite teddy bear and now you don't trust anybody around your teddy bears again. That's trauma for you. Mm-hmm. You could be in a car accident and now you're hesitant when you drive. You know, I've dealt with a lot of trauma. And I think that's another thing too. That why I was also like, nah, Chandler, that ain't it for me because I dealt with so much trauma and I know what that feels like. And because I've dealt with so much trauma, I don't believe that God caused me that trauma. He's helped me navigate it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And I do not think that that's what Chandler meant when he posted. I don't think he was meaning to imply Mm -hmm. that God caused the trauma. Um, But I do think, though, that it it for sure sometimes feels like it, you know, when when we don't have a proper understanding and the proper perspective Mm -hmm. of suffering. Why do you think some believers experience things such as, so when you talk about trauma, right, let's talk about mm-hmm. some, some common, some common forms of trauma or some common ways mm-hmm. trauma affects us, such as depression, anxiety. We also know though there is stigma and though, you know, we are believers who pray everything away and we have Jesus, the ultimate healer, right? We, though we depend mm-hmm. on him. We do know that Christians, mm-hmm. people of faith struggle with mental health issues, right? Like whether we want to admit it or not, whether the person wants to admit it or not, we know it's a real thing. Why do you think believers experience these types of things, such as depression and anxiety while following God? Like Chandler said, like, you know, Abraham having to sacrifice his son and then he's like, oh no, I can keep him. We're not saying Abraham was traumatized. We're just saying it's a possibility, right? Like, why do you, Mm -hmm. why do you think these kinds of things could happen after we're following the call of God? I think that these things can happen after we say yes to God because life doesn't stop being life after we say yes to God. And then I do think that God puts some challenges in our way because he's a God of choice. He's never going mm-hmm. to force us to do anything, but sometimes yeah. he just want to see, you know, like when you get to know somebody, you dating somebody and you, you throw a test out there because you just want to see what they're going to do, what they yeah. really about. Like if you tell a young man you hungry, you're going to see if he's going to bring you some lemon pepper wings or... <laughs> <laughs> if he's gonna be like, I can't do it right now, then that kind of lets you. If you ain't gonna feed me, then it's like, you know, this ain't gonna work, right? <laughs> so I feel like that. <laughs> I'm obviously hungry. <laughs> there, I think that, like, you know, God will present us with challenges and stuff too. But I think that the reason why we still we still deal with anxiety and depression is because we still deal with life. There's times too where you get mad at God and you get frustrated with God and you get upset with God because I have had many of times where I'm just like, I don't want no more yeah. of this. Yeah. Can you stop Jesus? Yeah. But he's not a magician. Like that's not what yeah. he is designed to do for us, but he can help us navigate it, right? Mm-hmm. And help us get through it. So I think that's why we deal with it. I think people deal with more increased anxiety, specifically Christians when they choose to hold on to words like, well, I got to suffer for Jesus, you know, or I got to carry my cross or, you know, saying yes to Jesus feels traumatic or I don't want to misinterpret his words, but, you know, but using those type of words will keep us bound in these relationships that God Mm -hmm. is trying to help us navigate through, you know, and not relationships, but situations. You said something in You said something in the comments that when we were going back and forth, and it was really, really powerful because it checked me. You said, you're just not sure why we want a relationship with trauma and not a release from it. And it's this idea that Mm -hmm. we want to hold on to it because it feels like we're supposed to. And I'll admit, it, it, I have been taught and have believed that it's like, it's a part of it. Like not, not the, not the struggle life, right? Like not that, but it's like, there's, like I said in the beginning, like suffering is just a part of it. Can you help us with that? Like, why do we want to hold on to this idea that we have to just like be struggling? I think that's like 
you know, when you grow up in church, we're both church kids. We grew up in church. And so that's the idea that has been put in our heads over and over and over. And like you go through pain, agony, and, you know, it's just a part of life and you just keep going on with it and you keep pushing on and you keep pushing on. But when do you stop, pause and, and navigate what you're going through? Right. And so like, I think we hold on to things even when they don't feel good because it's comfortable for us. Like, mm-hmm. so think about um, when you think about being in an unhealthy relationship, you know, you know very well that that relationship is unhealthy for you. It don't feel good. It's abusive. It doesn't make you feel your best self. You're not thriving in it, but maybe you've been with this person for five years. So you don't want to ask nobody else what their favorite color is. Hello. You don't want to yeah. ask you don't want to ask what their favorite food is. Mine is lemon pepper wings, but like, um, <laughs> but you don't want to get there. So you will stay in this relationship doing everything that you yeah. possibly yeah. can to try to change it and navigate it rather than just starting over again, because you don't know what starting over again looks like. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the same thing is when it comes to certain words or experiences, we'll hold on to things because we don't know what, if I let it go, what it will look like. Mm. Could it possibly be also that it's possible to live a life of ease and that, you know, we get to go through life? I feel like sometimes we don't think we're deserving of a life Mm. of ease, Mm -hmm. that we don't feel like it's okay Mm -hmm. to not struggle. It's like no one has ever taught us anything differently. No one's ever said like life can just be cool. I don't mean like without challenges. We like because we clearly have discussed and and. And establish that like life is just mm-hmm. gonna be life. <laughs> life be life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I do believe like there's something within our perspectives that doesn't allow us to accept the fact that like things can just be cool. And I want us to get beyond that because I agree with you. Because even with 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 the way my last year has been, I'm like, okay, something's off because. I said yes to you, Lord, and I knew it wasn't going to be easy, but this right here, this right here, this too much. And I was like, all right, Lord. I remember telling myself over and over and over, all right, Lord, I know you're not punishing me. This is not punishment. You're not causing me harm because your word says you won't harm me. So what I'm going through doesn't align with who you are. So there's something off here. And I know it's not you. It's got to be me. Help me with my perspective because I don't think I should be struggling like this. I don't think I should be fighting depression because I'm following you. Like it was something that was really, really battling because because mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I was in a place where I was fighting depression, fighting it off. Mm-hmm. I was it was it would come up and I'm like, I, 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 I would feel it. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Let me, let me like, you know, get more movement. Let me, you know, get some sunshine. Let me reach out to my therapist. Let me do whatever is necessary. Get my toolkit out. Right. But I, it was, it was absolutely onset of depression. Mm-hmm. And I related it to my walk with Christ because of what was transpiring and all that was changing, all the transition that was happening in my life. But I'm like, but God, this shouldn't be a part of it though. Like hopelessness and despair at this level shouldn't be a part of my walk at this point. Mm-hmm. So help me understand what's happening. And just, just even with that questioning, I believe that we, we should sit with that because it's like, we don't have to stay there. I think that's my point. We don't have to stay yeah. there. Like mm-hmm. there is a way beyond that. And there's something so important about our perspectives being aligned properly, because if not, 
we legit think, well, that's just a part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm I'm glorifying the Lord because mm-hmm. I'm depressed and me. Well, he's being he's going to get the glory from it. God isn't glorified from us like being legit depressed or, mm-hmm. you know, or, or having suicidal thoughts or or, you know, being so afraid that we're paralyzed to make any decision like God doesn't get glory from that. You know, mm-hmm. like, yes, uh, life's challenges and suffering produces some things within us. Like you said, the testing thing, right? That God mm-hmm. absolutely tests us, but he doesn't get glory from us suffering. And suffering. I think that's really mm-hmm. important to, to make very clear because God is a God of love and he's our father who delights in giving us good gifts, right? Like right. he wants to see us prosper. He wants to see us in mm-hmm. good health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that means mm-hmm. emotional and mental health as well. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. When we find ourselves in these hardships and we're suffering after we've said yes to God, right? Mm-hmm. How do we protect ourselves from the potential trauma that isn't caused by God, from the potential hardships that could lead to trauma? How do we protect ourselves when we're saying, all right, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do whatever it is you're asking me to do. How do we protect ourselves from a mental health standpoint? We can't because that would be us trying to control things that we don't have control over. Oh, I wasn't expecting you to say that. <laughs> I, I thought like, you were going to have answers, sis. I thought you had answers. I didn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's your answer. What do you mean? But like, because I think, so there was so much that, as I was listening to you talk, like there was so much that came up in my mind and yes. like, you know, people of color, you know, happy Black History Month. Um, yes. We have a history of trauma and it's generational. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's why we also don't let stuff go. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. Put your head down Ooh. and keep going. And so this Ooh. stuff just, it just magnifies and it grows. It's and it all grows we know. Better. It's all we know. And so that's why it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. You know, we, we're comfortable in it. But I don't think there's anything that we can do to prepare us for what will come after, after we say yes to God. Mm -hmm. And then if we're trying to get prepared for what will come after we say yes to God, then are we really trusting God? Because, you know, when we say yes Mm -hmm. to God, a part of that, yes, is saying, I will trust you. My boy, Donovan Clarkin said, do the good, the bad, no matter how long it takes, I'll trust you, Lord, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're going to say yes, then you also have to relinquish control. So I don't think that there is a way to prep you for those things. And so like, even with, you know, you said something else that made me think about like my own trauma, people look at me and be like, Courtney, you're so strong. You're so strong. You're so strong. Who told you that? I have never (laughs) once in my 31 years of life ever had said that I was strong. Mm. I've never said that. People have always deemed me as that because I have had many experiences and encounters where I've just kept going and here in these past few years. So in 2018, I had my second miscarriage oh, I'm so sorry. that let me, thank you. That one though, my, my first miscarriage when I lost my son, yes, it was really, really, really hard. The second miscarriage though, because I guess I just wasn't expecting that to happen again, led me right down deep into depression. I didn't even know. And then at, while I lost that child, back-to-back family members, friends dying. And even now to this day, I'm still losing loved ones. And Mm -hmm. so I am tired. I'm overwhelmed. But I also had to have a conversation with God about death. Black people, we don't talk about death. Not in the nature that we should, you know? And so I had to get into a space where death is a part of life. 
and it's okay for me to grieve and it's hard and it's challenging, but that doesn't mean that God is causing me suffering and pain. He talks about it. There's a time to live and a time to die. We all got to get up out of here someday, you know, and then, and we're, we're working to get a mansion on the hill, you know? Yeah. And so like just changing the dialogue in my perspective on things has helped me not alleviate the anxiety and depression because I still experienced it. It's helped me respond to it better. And I think like for me, when I said, okay, I'm going to, let me, let me back back a little bit, because I think another thing as a mental health therapist, something that we deal with is I don't want to go to therapy because, you know, they talk against God or whatever, or, you know, it's hard getting people to come even in the therapy doors. This therapist right here, and I have a handful of other therapists that I know who are worshipers. They are, they are believers. And I believe that the work that I do is ministry because I used to want, I was this close. They can't see me. I was very, very close to being a minister. I was really close (laughs) to being a minister. But now I realize that the work that I do right now, when I write, when I post silly TikToks, when I'm sitting in front of my clients, whether they are believers or not, I'm doing the work of God. That's therapy, right? And so I feel like we also have to take our limits off our, our beliefs and be more open because this therapist one day was driving into office and was like, where's my tamarind? And I got to put the thing in the car. Cause I was having like a real <laughs> phrase party, you know? Uh, <laughs> I hope that me saying that right there, it was just on my spirit to say that because I hope that provides somebody that may be a little hesitant with going to therapy and getting help because you don't know how it aligns with your, your Christian beliefs. I hope that like makes you feel at ease. Yeah. With like, there are a lot of therapists. No, we don't boast. Hey, we're Christians. Hey, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. That are worshipers and servers of Christ. Yes. Yeah. So that's real. Um, My therapist, shout out to Latanya Cox. I tell her all the time, I'm like, sis, you are low key a prophet. And she just laughs at me because she be tapped into the spirit. There are things she says to me. I'm just like, that ain't your skill set. You didn't get taught that in school. It says you are tapped into the Holy Spirit. So I absolutely agree with you there. And I appreciate people like you, women of faith, men of faith, being in the space of mental health because we need both. And when they merge that way, it's just so beautiful. But you said a couple things, sis, that really just struck me. You said not to alleviate the anxiety and depression, but to change how you respond to it. But we're supposed to be getting rid of it, right? Like God is the healer, right? And like, we work to like get beyond it completely, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that even that reframing is really, is really crucial. And I'll be transparent and say, I think some of my suffering has been because it's like, wait, I thought I was beyond this. Why am I experiencing this again? I thought this was alleviated. And Mm -hmm. that leading it to even more of a deeper spiral, because Mm -hmm. it's just like, here I am again, and it was like, I'm above this now. So why am I here again? So we're not supposed to be alleviating the pain. We just respond to it differently. What if the healing is in learning how to respond to it and not eliminating it? Just what if? What if that's, what if that's how we heal? Is that we learn how to respond to these things? Yes. Because again, you want to pause? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying though because like life is going to be life 
the TikTok I did, I think you messaged me about it. Where or maybe somebody else messaged me about the TikTok, but I sent a message to my friend and I was telling her about Mary Mary. Well, it was James Cleveland's song yes, first, but yes. I can't give up now. You know, in between every cuss word, I was preaching the sermon too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the reality of it is, it's like nobody told me that this role would be easy. Listen, And so if we believe that, then why do we feel like that we have to be healed from everything? And healing means that it's completely eliminated. Oh my gosh, Courtney. What if your healing is you learn how to respond? I feel so much better. Like when I think about my life and where it was in, in 2018, 2019, 2020, 2020, it started to get better. But like when I think about how hard things were for me yeah. and where I am now, learning how to say, you know what? I'm having a bad day. All right. Here comes a depressed episode. But you know what? I'm, I'm geared up. I have my tool bag. I know how to respond to this. Y'all can't see my face, but my mouth is wide open right now. It's not going to keep me down. So where it used to be where I would be depressed for days and I'm functioning because I got to please everybody else around me, but I'm dying on the inside. Like I'm heavy. I'm weighed down. That if now if something triggers me, I say, okay, I need about, it depends on what's going on, right? I may need 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I may need an hour. I may need a whole day, but I, I prepare myself. Okay. Because my body is giving me warning signs about what's about to happen. You've been triggered. So this is what you need to do to respond. I'll let my support system know like, hey, not necessarily I'm going into a depressed mood, but hey, I feel a little triggered right now. And I'm going to take some time to myself so I can respond and get myself together. That's healing for me because now I can get back into the groove of things and actually feel good and not pretend to be good. (laughs) Are y'all hearing this? Is your face? A, I wish people could see the face. Y'all, I'm just, I, I know there have been like long, silent pauses, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is really challenging my belief system because I, along with many believers, have thought, well, healing means elimination of the thing. Like, Healing means elimination of whatever the thing, whether it's sickness in your body, you know, whether it's a a thought pattern, it means elimination. For me, OCD, I have intrusive thoughts, kinds of things like that, right? Or, you know, um, habits, compulsive habits that I can't stop immediately. Healing means I stop doing that. I get to a point where I won't ever do this again, right? Anxiety, I'm going to get to a point where I won't have any more fears and I won't have any more, you know, unsolicited worries. And you saying this, and I've been in therapy for years. But I still am like, no, the goal is elimination of the thing. And you're saying, no, healing, what if it looks differently? And it's a catch-22, right? Because there are some things that we, healing looks different for every circumstances. Yes. Like, you know, when we think about our loved ones, I I think about um, my cousin. I've lost a lot of family members, but my my cousin Tara is coming to my mind right now. Probably because her picture is normally sitting on my mirror and it's not there right now. And I'm like, where is it at? Um, Probably failed. But anyways, she had pancreatic cancer. And I remember when she got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, they told all of us not to Google anything about it. Don't Google the life expectancy of it or anything like that, because I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe it's like 3% life expectancy or something that's very, very low percent. I don't remember verbatim, but I remember that I went and Googled it. Oh, and so I was trying to prepare myself for what would come next, but where everybody around her is praying for healing and healing and healing and healing and healing. What if she don't heal on this side? 
what if she heals on the other side? So like we, I think we need to let go of healing has to look one way. That's very uh, polarized thinking, black or white thinking. But yeah. We need to like open our minds up to all the different possibilities of way that we can navigate and heal things. Like, so I tell my clients, you know, when they come in and we're looking at diagnoses and stuff like that, like my goal is to never tell you we are about to eliminate this because then that, that, that would me, be me telling you that we have control over everything. It's this control thing. It's this control thing. You you said you said this earlier. I think my initial question was something about how do we protect ourselves from potential trauma? And you said mm-hmm. something about like when we say yes, it requires us to release control. Mm-hmm. That's the part. I, let me just speak for me, myself, and I. That is the part. I am a thousand percent sure the majority of my suffering and hardships have come because I say yes to God have come from that control thing. It's like, well, who in control me or you? And it's in mm-hmm. this constant battle. And it's just like that part. Why do we need so much control? Help us this. Because we anxious. We've been, we've dealt with so much trauma in our lives <laughs> and like, you know, and we try to maintain as much control as we can, especially if we feel like our life is completely out of control. We do our best mm. to maintain uh, whatever possible control that we have. That's why it's important to go get help to help you navigate things so that you can lean back and release strength to control everything. But I mean, yeah, I think that our experiences that that shape us make us want to control everything, even God. I think about the times where, you know, I'm praying certain prayers, trying to manipulate God, like, fool, you out here trying to manipulate Jesus, like you trying to manipulate <laughs> God, the higher... Like, oh, like what, girl? But it took me some growth, right? Yeah, and it took me yeah. to go to therapy, you know, yeah. while I was providing therapy to, mm. to say like, girl, I recognize you were trying to manipulate things to get your need met, but you can't manipulate God anyway, you know? Yeah. And so, but we do that because we're like, okay, guys, I pray this prayer to you, then you're going to change everything. And God is like, no, I'm still in control. What I need you to do is stop trying to pray prayers of manipulation and listen to me. Be still. Oop. Get somewhere that you can hear my voice. Because here's the other thing. We'd be trying to listen to everybody else's voices and things that we don't hear God's voice. Get somewhere that you can hear me. And then you won't have to worry about trying to have to be in control of everything. Because I'm going to tell you what to do next. Stop trying to rush things. Because I'm going to tell you when to go. Hey, hey, hey. I okay, I'll stop. Hey. I'll stop. Hey. I'll stop. Hey. I'll stop. Hey. <laughs> I'll stop. <laughs> what you ain't going to do <laughs> on my podcast. And it's <laughs> stop. I'm done. Okay, next question. <laughs> Jesus, I'm over here getting tense, y'all. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, this is so good. When I tell you, I think it was probably three days ago. I was praying a prayer because I had a very high stress week. I was praying a prayer. And I started praying for someone in a manipulative way, like help them to do this, like change this in them or whatever. And Holy Spirit was like, oh, oh, wait, no, I don't, I don't do that. Like you said, I'm not a magician. I don't go around changing folks to meet your need or to have them do what you want them to do or to be who you want them to be. No, 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 no. We're going to work on you, sis. (laughs) How can you respond to this differently? How can you take your frustration and change that in a way where you're not lashing out or you, you know, not becoming bitter towards this person or you're not being offended, right? And I was like, I just try to manipulate in a prayer. I'm so sorry, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) But that's so real. That's so real. I thought this was going to be like helping y'all. This is helping me. 
thought it was gonna be for the listeners, y'all. This this for me. <laughs> it's for us. It's for us. Because you know, it made me think about too, like, you know, even with the whole thing with Mike Todd or whatever, and how we we were like on fire. And it was like, hold on, wait a minute. Yeah. The Holy yeah. Spirit comes in and corrects, like yeah. instantly. Still don't agree with what the men did. Yeah. But I think the the changing of perspective yes. and 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 listening to what God needs you to do. Mm-hmm. Or, or need you to to learn from that situation or whatever the situation may be. So. For sure. Side note, since you brought it up, side story, y'all. So, <laughs> so when the Mike Todd thing happened or whatever, <laughs> Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, to know me is to love me. And <laughs> I love God. I love God with all my heart. So I would, you know what? I would define my, I wouldn't define myself as this, but I, I would say I relate to my unfit Christians, that's who I would relate to yes. most of. I'm, I'm Peter out here and I I question stuff. Like when stuff don't look right, I don't, I question it. And so mm-hmm. I was hot. We both were. <laughs> and we were, you know, I, I, you know, we didn't drag the man publicly, but me and you and our text messages, we was going at it. Voice notes back and forth. And, you know, what I couldn't say publicly, I was telling Courtney, like, this is how I feel. And we were just going back and forth or whatever. And both of us had different experiences the next day with like conviction, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and and how we initially responded, even though, you know, our opinions, our feelings about it were possibly validated because that was disgusting. Hello. Mm -hmm. Um, Like God dealt with us individually Mm -hmm. on separate occasions. And I went and told Courtney, I said, Courtney, you know, this is what I feel like Holy Spirit led me to this scripture. And then she was like, girl, Holy Spirit had me listen to this part of the message. And, and this is what he said to me. And I'm like, dang, man. All right. All right, Lord. All right, Lord. We get to have our feelings, but like also, but that, that was just a side story because she brought, she brought, but it, but it makes, yeah. And it, I'm sorry to me because y'all, because that makes me just think that even though this moment, like it's a side note, but when we think about like how the Holy Spirit comes to correct us and love on us, is that really suffering? When, we, when he comes and gives us when he gives us the tools that we need is that really suffering when we make mistakes when we do the wrong things when we think the wrong thoughts when we give our unsolicited opinions that nobody asked us for and have safe places because you should we me nothing was wrong with our dialogue right you know because like you said we didn't do it publicly or anything like that um, well, there were some things that I shared, but anyways, the, like the, the intensity of it though, the intensity of it yeah. was with my, my safe people. Right. Yes. So you, we deserve that. But like the way the Holy spirit comes in and fixes things mm-hmm. and fixes us, is that suffering or do we just navigate some hard stuff, some challenging things that don't always feel well? Yeah. Yeah. And God pulls us through it. And to that, let me just add to that. Also, it's like in those moments, we it's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity to be cultivated in our humility, right? Because mm-hmm. it takes a lot to be like, dang, I, I probably should have said that. Or like, you know what? Let the man be great. Like, I ain't like what he did, but I ain't gonna put my mouth on him, right? That That's a moment for humility to be cultivated. So the thing about it when, it, when it comes to this suffering thing, a lot of times these things are working in us to cultivate our character right Mm -hmm. like romans 5 and 3 says this but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces Mm -hmm. character and character produces Mm -hmm. hope and hope Mm -hmm. does not put us to shame because Mm -hmm. god's love has been poured into our hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to us like that's loving right like so these moments aren't to 
these moments of hardship, moments of suffering, whatever it is, it's not to um, get us in a place of hopelessness, a place of despair, a place of shame. It's like, no, sometimes these tests um, are to build our character. And that was a moment for both of us to like, be like, you know what, let, me, let, let us be mature as grown up Christians right now, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, and allow mm-hmm. God to work through us. So I, I love that. Th- thank you for saying that. That was, that, that was funny, but it was, it was, those were the moments that are necessary. And even in those moments, that's healing. That's healing too. Cause we could have easily mm-hmm. just like, well, I won't say we, I'll say me. I know how I am and I can hold a grudge. Even with folks I don't even know, doggone celebrities who do stupid stuff. I don't even know. And I'm over here mad and offended with them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but girl, relax. So even in how I responded to that was like, oh, this is the healing in that. This is the growth in that. So thank you for giving, for giving that example. All right. So let me, let me shift a little bit and talk about this. Mm-hmm. Do you think we've become too comfortable? with using certain mental health buzzwords because mental health is trendy right now, you know, mm-hmm. for the last couple of years, it's, 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 it's a lot of us trying to um, eliminate the stigma because there's been such an intense imbalance up to now. A lot of times when we're trying to restore the balance, we have to do the exact opposite, which is like go really, really hard for one thing. Right. So even mm-hmm. people who are not mental health therapists or are not sociologists are not psychiatrists and psychologists, are not social workers, even people who just have a strong passion for it. A lot of us are talking about this, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think we've just gotten a little bit too comfortable with, with these buzzwords like trauma mm-hmm. and, and things like that? And if so, can you help us understand why the words we use are so important? Yeah, I definitely think that we have gotten way too comfortable in using terms that are meant for mental health professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we don't even know the true understanding and dynamics of some of the things that we are saying. And even myself, like you think about the diagnosis bipolar, my whole life I've heard people say, oh, she bipolar, she bipolar. And so like, we think that that is okay to say. Mm. And now that I am an adult and now that I've actually studied these things like, oh, it's not okay to say, but I still have moments because of my culture and my mm-hmm. background where I'm just like, child, stop being about, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I even had to catch myself, but the reality of it is, is that like, we do have to be very, very careful of what we say because we don't even know how calling somebody bipolar or calling them a narcissist and things like that can be harmful to other people. And then also how these mental uh, illnesses are mental health diagnosis is what I like to prefer them as, but like they come from trauma. Like someone being a narcissist or being diagnosed with narcissism, let me say that instead, comes from traumatic situations. And then as a mental health professional, that is one of the hardest personality disorders to ever diagnose, but it's so complex and it's so many layers to it. I'll never forget here recently, like me and some other clinicians got an email from our head clinician and was like, hey, you know, there's someone that's interested in therapy. Does anybody specialize in, in narcissism? Not me. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> move on, move on. But I say that we're laughing about it. But the reality of it is, is because it's so, it's tough. Like it is so tough. And so I think we need to be careful of the words we say. And it makes me think about like, you know, in the Bible, it says there's power, there's life and death in the power of our tongue. So why are we going to speak negativity to things like, mm. and our, and even not, not saying mental health diagnosis are negative, but things that cause hardships, you know, cause people difficulties, 
Like these are hard things for people to navigate and deal with yeah. anxiety and depression. Like it's so crippling. That's why I had to like tell people, stop calling me strong, call and check on me. Hello. How about that? And stop assuming that I'm just so strong. These things are hard to navigate. So yeah. we need to stop speaking life into that or trying to speak life into it, like, and, and change our language. This is so powerful, man. This is so powerful. Cause child, I be calling folks narcissists all the time. <laughs> I mean, listen, I have to, I have to, cause I'm human before I'm anything else. And so I have to catch myself because I be saying a lot of stuff. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I have to watch. Like you have to be mindful because your words can really yeah make yeah. or break someone else. Like you know Burn. our experiences. Like you know we, the things that me and you laugh about, somebody else may not laugh about that. Word, that's so real. Yeah. That's powerful. All right, y'all. Let's stop trying to act like we mental therapists and like relax on the mental health buzzwords okay and, and go and, get a mental health therapist though, and go get a therapist go get a real one because a lot a lot of people are using these words have never walked into anybody's therapy office yeah yeah like y'all are just saying it because it feels right mm-hmm. or you googled it or you saw a tiktok therapist mm-hmm. say something about it and now you're like oh my god that that fits me. And I think like, that's something that I often deal with. It's like, okay, my clients say, I saw this on TikTok and now I got to navigate the diagnosis that they gave themselves. <laughs> Girl, I will self-diagnose myself so quick. You hear me? <laughs> oh, I got that. Oh, I got that too. Oh, I got that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm, I got that. <laughs> and why do we even want these things? <laughs> and then turn around and say, we need healing from it. Girl. Cause you just have had a bad day. Cause you just have had a bad experience. Then gave it all kind of complex disorders. I would be like, and I just sit there. I'm like, uh huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Y'all, I cannot begin to tell (laughs) y'all how many diagnoses I've given myself. Like, yeah, I have a list of them. I am so troubled, y'all, because (laughs) I have all the things going on with me. No one has told me. Now, granted, you know, I was dealing with anxiety and depression. Like, that was straight up a diagnosis from a therapist. But like a lot of this other stuff, I'd be like, oh, I struggle with this, 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 this. It's like, who said that? You took because you took a quiz. <laughs> Listen, and then go to school and actually study this stuff and have to deal with the DSM-5. I have given myself every diagnosis in the <laughs> DSM-5. <laughs> but and this is the reason why we have to stop, you know, like, because there's so much more to like diagnosing and all those kind of things like you know so we're human so we're going to display a lot of symptoms so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I'm the whole DSM mm-hmm. <laughs> another thing you said in our exchange in the comments on the Chandler Moore post mm-hmm. you said instead of moving through it we make it a part of our testimony mm. I think we enjoy having a feel good how I got over story mm-hmm. you know like but I think it's so powerful when you just say, like, why do we want these things? We don't have to struggle mm-hmm. <laughs> because life is hard enough mm-hmm. by itself. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just take note of that because it was very, very, very powerful. Um, mm-hmm. And it, like I said in the comment, it was messed with my theology a little bit. It was messed with my, was messed with my belief system because I'm just like, well, oh, we can just move through it and not hold on to it. That reframing of moving through and letting it pass through versus holding on, mm-hmm. I just think it's so powerful. And I want to add to that real quick, though, because yes. like the song that's been popping in my head right now is I Shower a Crown. That's one of my favorite songs, actually. 
And so it was my favorite song as a little girl. I didn't know what it meant when I was younger, but I used to sing it like yeah. from the time. I don't know. I'm going to wear this crown, right? <laughs> um, but now when that it's I'm all older, over. <laughs> listen, I'm probably going to listen to it when I get done uh, so I can shout a little bit. But now that I'm older and I know what it means, so when I tell somebody I'm going to put on my robe and tell the story, how mm. I made it over, it's to encourage you mm. that if I can put on my robe, and tell my story about how I got old, then you can do it too. Like Lisa knows and her sisters, they have a song. It's called How We Made It. And they talk about, I was praying, I was fasting. Not This is how I'm making it through so it can help you get through your storm too. But we hold on to these things with dear life and never want to move through it. We just want to make, make it about our life, you know? But th- does your life not get better? Do you not learn how to navigate the things or do you just... Is it trauma after trauma after trauma after trauma after yeah. trauma? And we have to, especially believers, we have to come to a resolve with this, with this ideology, with this theology, because we suck at evangelism because it's like, why do people want to follow us when you can see non-believers living their best life? Listen, I had a friend like, and so I believe like, I believe my God is so big that I don't have to walk up to people and be like, in Jesus and Jesus and Jesus and mm-hmm. read mm-hmm. your Bible and walk around like, and do these things. I had a friend years ago who ha- was having some struggles in her belief and it never really, like I have friends from all different backgrounds and all different belief systems. And we have such beautiful conversations. Like me, and you have beautiful conversations too, but like, she was not believing anymore. And I will never forget the time she called me and said, Courtney, just for how you navigate life and how you talk about your relationship with God, because all I do is just talk about me. Like, oh, I was having a hard day and I prayed. Da, 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 da. She was just like, you've helped me reestablish my walk with Christ. Mm. We want to be such like, you got to do it this way. It needs yeah. to be done that way. And, and then like you said, then we out here, we say things that are contradicting to what we're trying to preach and we're supposed to be evangelists, but you're really pushing people away. But if you just live how you're supposed to live and you live freely and you move how God tells you to, like that's how you get people to Christ. Yeah. But when we are attacking people or when we say statements that we shouldn't say, even though I don't think Chandler meant any ill will. Let me say that too. I don't mm-hmm. think that he meant any ill will, but I still don't like his choice of wording, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, if we're not mindful of that, we are not pulling people to Christ or pushing them away. Word. <laughs> that leads to church trauma. Child. And so Child. many people deal with that. That's real. Being traumatized like literally traumatized from their religion. And it's not because of all oh, I had to suffer for Christ. It's because I'm confused. I'm unsure. This don't feel good. You mean I can't be myself? Listen. No one has answers. Yeah. Like, I don't know who told y'all that I couldn't cuss because that's not in the Bible. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I've been, y'all, I've been telling, I've been asking her to teach me how to cuss. I don't know how to cuss y'all. I really don't. And people Please think I'm like a goody two shoes, you know, like, oh, Allison, she just don't, she, no, y'all, I don't know how. <laughs> I just, and I don't know how to stop. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> y'all, when I cuss, it don't, it don't, it ain't got no power to it. It don't, it don't sound right. It's just like, girl. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, but we have so many, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Love God, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. Love your neighbors, don't do this, don't do this. Forgive everybody, don't do that. What, what am I, what, what do I do? Yeah. And it's, it, it's heartbreaking because people are so conflicted with who they are mm-hmm. versus what they've been told to be, what they've been told to mm-hmm. do. And it's just like, but God created me. So if I'm just this way naturally, who I am by nature is a, I, it's, 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 it's a lot. And, and mm-hmm. I, I empathize with people who have that experience. And it's my hope and prayer. They would come to know Jesus as their personal friend. Right. Mm-hmm. Like someone who's for them, who sees you, mm-hmm. who is rooting for you, who's in your corner, who strategically designed you. He's that God. Right. He's that big. He's that vast that he doesn't require us to limit him or ourselves to this box that can be easily defined. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that control thing, because if we just allow folks to be, we can't control them. We can't predict. We can't. Um, influence what we want to influence. It's all of these selfish ambitions. And and we're going into a whole rabbit trail here, but it's real. But I hope folks will be encouraged to know that like God is actually for you. And yeah, yeah you ain't got to be traumatized. There's healing for that too. There's healing from church mm-hmm. trauma too. Because mm-hmm. that's that's real. We do have to close. So like I want my final question to be this. I want you to help us with this. Can you give us some practical ways that we can properly take care of ourselves as we steward the call of God, Mm -hmm. as we navigate saying yes to the Lord, as we are battling, you know, our will versus the will of the Lord. Like, can you give us some tools that would help us not quit, help us not go crazy, help us not go insane? Yeah, that's a good question. So the first thing that's coming to my my heart right now is, you know, be mindful of who you are surrounded by and know yourself. And those and I, and they go hand in hand for me, being mindful of who you're surrounded by and knowing yourself matters because if you do not know who you are, and if you don't know who you are, and if you're not around the right people, you will accept anything. You will take on anything. And so when I think about my walk as a Christian woman, um, there were people, I love them dearly and I wish them the best. But a lot of my my suffering, quote unquote, came from their beliefs that they put on me that I also accepted to be true. But when I chose God for myself and decided to date him and get in a relationship with God for myself, I started to have different experiences. Right. So be mindful of who is around you, who's pouring into you, who's praying for you. Everybody that's speaking tongue is not speaking from a godly place. So be mindful of who's around you, your support system, and know who you are. I will also say like um, that self-care, that that self-love is very important. So make sure like you do a daily routine, whether it's waking up in the morning, praying, reading your Bible, or going for walks, you know, have a daily routine. I always tell people in general, be flexible. Mm -hmm. So when you say yes to God, don't go in trying to control the narrative of how it's going to go be open be flexible because if you're not then you're always going to fight against that change and yeah that's all i think i have with that go to therapy go to therapy find therapy and while we're there 
Please tell the folks where you practice. Um, you practice in Tennessee, all of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I practice in Tennessee. I am located in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. But as long as you are a resident in the state of Tennessee, I can see you. Um, I'm not licensed in other states as of yet, but it is on its way to me whenever God says so. And that's a struggle. Uh, <laughs> Lord, I'll be ready to give up. So, you know, like it's the challenges. But so I am at, um, you can find me at CourtneyArlesia.com. Arlesia is spelled A-R-L-E-S-I-A. Um, you can find me on Instagram at CourtneyArlesia too. And then there I have like link trees or whatever. You can send me a message and I can give you details about uh, where I practice and such. Wonderful. Oh, and I have a book, Glow Up Sis Glow Up, 31 Days of Affirmations. You can get that from my website too. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much for this conversation. Like I am challenged and I am better for it. And I appreciate people like you who'll be like, yeah, no, sis, that ain't it. Yeah, I'm grateful for our dialogue. I'm grateful for our, our, and you know, I told you the other day, you know, people reached out to me via text messenger and like a Facebook messenger about our dialogue that we had in my comments about the post or whatever. And they were like really helped and really blessed by our conversation. So I appreciate how we don't attack one another. We don't, we don't criticize. We can be like, girl, I don't agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be like, well, why? And you're like, yeah. okay. And they just go on. Or, yeah. You know, we have really, really good, healthy conversations. And so um, I'm grateful to be here and to have this conversation with you for sure. Thank you so much. Please follow Courtney on all social media platforms. Please support her. Please get her book. And if you are in Tennessee, please reach out if you're looking for a mental health therapist. And she, I'm sure, will be happy to help you navigate life, period. All right, y'all, let's get into brownie points. This is the segment where we appreciate ourselves and where we find something that we've done recently, said recently, um, that we're proud of. It could be any minor accomplishment. It could be major, whatever it is. Just take a moment to love on yourself and appreciate all that you got done this week or all that you overcame this week, the healing moments you had this week. This is that moment. Write it down. Take a note of it. Just have a moment. Courtney, what are you giving yourself brownie points for this week? I love that. I am giving myself brownie points for, I just love how every day I find a new way to love me, a new way to put myself first, a new way to own who I've always been and like accept me for it. So I'm going to give myself brownie points for that. That is so dope. I love that so much. Yeah, it I really good. do. Yeah, yeah. It feels good to love yourself, man. Mm-hmm. It's just really good. I'm giving myself brownie points for how I handled a really high stress week. I typically feel people have like a perception bias towards me or feel that they're, you know, like that their perception of me is affecting the way they do business with me. It really, like, really frustrates me because I want to defend myself and like do all the things. My ego starts to rise, all the things, but I'm really proud of how I handled this week. Um, I had a whole bunch of moments of just like stopping and literally asking myself, all right, what are you feeling right now? Why are you feeling that? What can you do about it? And then let's move forward. And um, it didn't stop my productivity. Typically I'll just like get all stressed out and I'll just shut down and nothing gets done. Like, you know what, to heck with all of this. Um, but I'm really proud of how I navigated through that because the circumstances didn't change, 
But with me being able to like check my perspective and take out my toolkit and get to work, I was able to navigate better than I have in months prior, in the in recent months prior. So really, really proud of that. And it ended up being a really great week instead of being like, oh, it was a terrible day. No, it was a bad moment, <laughs> a couple bad moments. But overall, the week ended up being a good week. So yeah, I'm, I'm proud of myself for that. All right, y'all, whatever your brownie points are, take a memo or something, write it down or just love on yourself. Treat yourself, go get a brownie, whatever it is, just love on yourself. Please follow me on social media. I am everything Allie B on Instagram and Facebook and at Mother Wound Healer on TikTok. You can also listen to this podcast now directly from Facebook and from YouTube. Find me there. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you sharing this podcast with friends and family. And um, yeah, I'll leave you with this. I hope that you be well, that you love well, and that you be loved well. You deserve that. All right, y'all. Until next week. Bye.